Hello, and welcome to the Vineyard Bowling Green Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and look forward to seeing you this Sunday. to uh, give the message this morning about community. Last week, we talked about a lot of different aspects of community that I really want to review this morning because I think it's relevant for today's message. And the first one is this. Just like when Jesus was living here on earth, we too are designed to live amongst believers and non-believers. We talked about how Christians are scattered people and we are commissioned to go into the world and show people the goodness of Jesus. We are not called to live in isolation from the world, right? But we are to bring forth the good news of Jesus into the world. And we do that by being, you know, in community with our neighbors, our schools, our coworkers, you know, other parents we meet in the park, people we meet at the store, etc., right? So we are called to live amongst believers and non-believers. Second, we talked about how we are called to reflect the work that Jesus has done for us. Because God has been so merciful to us, we have learned to be merciful with each other. What God has done in us, we then owe to each other. And the third thing we talked about is we want to be builders in the community, not destroyers. I quoted Dietrich Bonhoeffer last week from his book, Life Together, and I'll be quoting that book later today. But he says this, he who loves his dream of a community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the community. I want to read that again because I think it's so important to actually understand and listen to this. He who loves his dream of a community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the community. So all the little agendas that we have, all these little dreams that we have, sometimes those can actually be a hindrance if we love those ideas more than we actually love the people around us. So I want to get started into today's message, but let's pray real quick. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. Lord, thank you for the community that you provided for each and every one of us, Lord. May we not take these relationships for granted. But instead, Lord, may we wake up each day ready to commune with you in the presence of, uh, of, of all the things that you, you give us, Lord, faith, hope, and love. And Lord, as we just go out into the world in our jobs, raising our families, Lord, that, that we are just able to go and inject that faith, hope, and love into our community. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, this morning, I want to lay out a very practical message for you and hope to connect you to what you're already doing. Each and every person here is, is, is so great at, at community and, and we love our church so much. So this is, this is a message of encouragement. It's a message to say, keep doing what you're doing. And because each and every person, it, it's, we are all made for a community. And we have been designed and called to take part in that community from the moment that we wake up each and every day to the moment that we go to bed at night. 
We are made to live our day in the presence of God and in the presence of others. So the title I have for today's message is actually called Day with Others. It's called Days with Others. We've been discussing in our small groups how to set up a common rule for our lives and to begin each day with with scripture and prayer. And I firmly believe that for Christians, the beginning of the day should not be burdened with difficult concerns for the day. I know it's easy to wake up each morning with a little bit of regret from the night before, wishing that you had gone to bed earlier, or waking up thinking about all the things that you have to get done before the day is over. And some of us are better than waking, at waking up than others and beginning the day. Um, Jasmine is not a morning person, despite the fact that she wakes up every morning super early for her job. Um, me personally, I love mornings. I like getting up early. But what an opportunity we have each day to begin each new day with the Lord who has made it. We have an opportunity to slow down and pause all of our distractions, our dread, the unrest, the anxieties we, we, we feel otherwise. We can put all that on pause and we can put all that on silence when we let the first thought and the first words belong to God each morning. And that sounds a little too good to be true, right? Many of us wake up just feeling exhausted, confused, and, and angry that the day has started. And so what do we do? We get our phones out, hoping that we'll get our mind off of, off of you know, the dread, right? And of course, it, it, it doesn't happen. We are immediately self-inducing more anxiety, more distractions. And I think it's safe to say that maybe most of us start our day and go into our day a day that was created for purpose of communion with God and others. And we look at ourselves and we think about all the things that we have to do. And we look at all the things that we lack in comparison to others, right? We think about the bills. We think about the kids. We think about the chores. And we do not set ourselves up for what we are called to do each and every day. We start each day unattached to our spirit. And selfishly thinking about how we want to spend the day, most likely not doing what we are called to be doing. And that is important to pay attention to because everything we do, everything we do, it requires a great yearning and desire to be both prepared by God in the secret place. And we're going to talk a lot about that next week. But also, we have to have this yearning to be prepared by God in the community of others, right? And in the next two weeks, that's exactly what we're going to be addressing. Next week, we're going to be talking about our time and why it's so important to spend alone with Lord in in solitude and to have this, this, this personal history with the Lord that's just between you and Him. But this morning, I want to talk about why I believe it's important for us to connect together as the body of Christ, to help us reach our calling and our passions so we can look at each day with opportunity And we are connected to the presence of God that is all around us, right? Being part of the body of Christ, it is such a gift. It is such a gift. The body of Christ is such a gift. And church services are great. And small groups are great. And those provide something that nothing else can, right? But what church does allow that is special is that it introduces all of us to each other. So we can accept the invitation of doing life together. It's safe to say that without this church, we would all be missing out on something special. Just this week, a normal week, I spent, you know, time with with one time one on one with some of you. 
Um, you know, I threw axes with some of you. Some of us ate food together, had great discussions, prayed together. We just sat and talked about the future. And it was all centered around God. And it was awesome, right? Jasmine and I spent the weekend in Franklin, Tennessee with several other pastors just talking about life and talking about church and family and, and the kingdom of God. And, and it was just a great time, a much needed time. So what a church provides, such as services, events, and small groups, those are great and so important. Please come to everything you can, right? But what church does best is that it introduces us to each other so we can do life together. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And when we come together, we make each other stronger and more complete and fulfilled in our calling and our passion to serve Jesus each day. You know, the Bible is a story that is meant to be shared. It's the good news of the gospel, and we are being called upon to shape our lives around the Word of God. The Word of God is a story, and when we come together, whether it's for a service, and especially like in a small group setting, what we're doing is we are bringing each other into our connection between God's story and the Word of God and our story right now, what is, present, what is happening in the present moment. We become part of what once took place, right? And the fellowship of believers is woven into all of these great stories that we read about. We participate together in the very events that occurred on this earth. And the Bible allows everyone who participates in it to become part of it. I love reading, Jasmine and I, we, we read Bible stories with Leon, and we can just see him just becoming part of it with us. We become a part of what once took place for our salvation. We too pass through the Red Sea, through the desert. We cross the Jordan into the Promised Land. You know, with Israel, we fall into doubt, we fall into unbelief. And, and through repent, repentance, we learn that we can experience God's help and, and faithfulness. And at the same time, you know, we're woven into this, this, this great story about the birth of Jesus and the baptisms and baptism of Jesus and the miracles and teaching, the suffering, the dying, the resurrection, the ascension, right? We don't just exist in the present as believers, but we are torn out of our own existence and set down in the midst of the holy history of God here on earth. And it is there that God deals with us and shows us just how good he is and meets our needs and our sins with so much grace and so much love. And what you take from the word of God, it's really important. What you take from the word of God and that experiences is that you then share it. And you give it to each other, right? So that I can become better for it. So my children can become better for it. And that's huge because God shapes us and forms us by our sharing of scripture and the sharing of the divine story of God and the story of you colliding. And yes, you can be shaped and formed by God in private, absolutely in the secret place. Absolutely. It's wonderful. We're going to get into that next week. But a lot of this happens when we gather and we are open and we are honest and share the word of God with each other. So the word of God is something to be shared and valued together in community. Another thing that community um, involves us in that I love so much is that we get to sing and worship together. 
So why do Christians sing, right? Why do we sing when we're together? The reason is simple, because in singing together, it makes it possible to communicate and pray the same words at the same time. Another way of putting it is we can unite our words and our expressions to God. We can unite our words and our expressions to God. The fact that we do not speak it but sing it only expresses the fact that our spoken words are inadequate to express what we want to say, and our song goes far beyond all human words. So together we sing words of praise to God, words of thanksgiving, confession, and prayer. And the more we sing, the more we are filled with joy, the more we are filled with hope and love, and that we will have that hope and joy and love for the Lord, and it will just continue to grow the more that we sing. So we share the Word of God with each other, we sing together, and the third thing is that we pray together. God's Word, the song of the church, and the prayers of the church belong together in community. No matter what, the fact simply remains that where Christians want to live together under the Word of God, they should pray together to God. And what you'll find in community is that even though we are all different, we share a very common bond. We absolutely share a very common bond in that we have common petitions, we have common thanks, we have common intersections that intercessions that we bring to God. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, another quote, says this about prayer and community in his book, Life Together. It says this, It is in fact the most normal thing in the common Christian life to pray together. So how do we pray together? How do, how do we do this? And I think it's pretty simple, is that we have to be honest, and we have to be humble, and we have to offer radical generosity to each other. But first, we have to understand that it does take honesty and humility, a little bit of vulnerability, transparency. You have to have that in community. But there's this trend in church that what is good is to pray. What is good is to pray. But what is best is to not ever need prayer because you're doing great. You're doing fine. You're whole. You're complete. If you need prayer, you must lack something. And that's simply just not true. And I hate that that can be a part of the culture in a church. I hate that mindset that, that prayer means weakness. So when we gather together as the body of Christ, it's special because we share the word of God with each other. We sing together. And there's vulnerability, there's transparency, and there's people coming together to pray together and to admit that we need the Lord, we need each other. And of course, church provides a great avenue to engage and share in scripture and singing and prayer, but there is something deeper that happens when we do life together and commit more to each other. The responsibility shifts a bit from, hey church, I need you to provide this for me, you know, I need you to provide this opportunity for me. And it's just to becoming, you know, even deeper and more equipped disciples of Jesus, engaging in the heart and soul of each other, even outside of the church. And there are so many ways to do this, right? We can find so many ways to connect and build each other up and bring Jesus into the places we go, from asking a friend just to go play disc golf to grabbing coffee. There are so many different ways, right? But I specifically want to talk about two platforms where you as a disciple of Christ can build and participate in a great community. And first, we have the fellowship of the table. That's the first platform that we want to talk about is the table. 
the fellowship of the table. Ever since Jesus Christ sat at the table with his disciples, the table has been blessed by his presence. Luke 24, 30-31 says this. This is great. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread, blessed it. Then he took the bread and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. And the scriptures talk about three different types of tables that Jesus gives us. And each table provides something different. First, the daily table. That's the first table. We have the daily table. The daily table reminds us that God is a provider and a giver of all things. God provides food, friends, community, family, laughter. And the daily table is a place to gather and to share. The daily table gathers. And these are the meals that you have at your home or in someone else's home, you know, or even at a restaurant. You know, the daily table reminds us that God is a provider and a giver of all things. God, you know, God provides, you know, all these great things for us, you know, the food, the laughter, the community. And it's and these moments are very special, right? These are moments that you, you have celebrating an event or a birthday in your home. And you just get to celebrate someone and it's special. Uh, whatever it is at the table, it is a great place just to come together in celebration under God's provision and what God gives you, right? The second is the table of the Lord's Supper. When we come together and take communion, it's a process of prophetically acting on God's ability and desire to be with us and God's promise to come into our lives. There is an invitation during our time of communion. Jesus has invited us into a process, into a process. He gathered his, his disciples around. He gave thanks and gave all of us a way to remember the new covenant that was about to come alive. So it's really, an, it's, an, it's like an advent, right? It gives us something to look forward to. So each time we partake in communion, we are reminding ourselves who we are and what God did for all of us. It's an opportunity to be invited into a physical, a physical process where we engage our mind, our body, and our soul to take part in something bigger than ourselves. It's an anticipation for Jesus to come again in the here and now. It's the process that God has ordained for us to encounter. His rhythm of sacrifice and redemption. When we receive the invitation of Jesus here, we are allowing ourselves to enter the process of death and resurrection for ourselves and to physically take part in the rhythm of grace and transformation. It's a communal transformation for the group as a whole. What a table to sit at. What an awesome table to sit at. And the third and final table is in the kingdom of heaven. When we are all gathered together, living fully in the presence of God in heaven, what a great time that's going to be. What a great time that's going to be. So all three, the daily table, the communal table, and the table in heaven, the one thing that stands out and counts is from the scripture that we just read in Luke, is that their eyes were opened and they knew him. All three tables have that in common. Their eyes were opened and they knew him. To know Jesus in the presence of each other is a massive gift. It's a massive gift. And each day we have an opportunity to not just gather, but to open ourselves to God's presence and to know him. And to know him together. 
The second platform I want to discuss, and we're going to end with this, is the day of work, right? Our jobs, our nine to five, Psalms 104, 23. Then people go off to their work where they labor until evening. Psalms 104, 23 says this, then people go off to their work where they labor until evening. In most cases, it's easy to feel a sense of separation from Christian community or even, you know, I hate to use the word, but like Christian duties for the duration of the workday. And I have a lot to say about this, actually. I'm very passionate about this subject. But just as it is God's will that man should work, rest, and have Sabbath, right? It's also God's will that every workday should be marked by both God's presence at work. God's presence at work. That each and every workday should be marked by God's presence at work. God's presence is something that can be recognized throughout the day. The bulk of our day belongs to work. Right, many that most of our hours during the day belong to, to to work, and work plunges us into this world of things, into this world of stuff. Right, sometimes it's just like I can't believe what I'm doing right now. Right, just this thing that we have to do, and we can easily disengage from God's omnipresence and move into this whole work world mindset, this whole different reality. Right. But what an opportunity it is to be joined in the company of unbelievers, people who need Jesus. And what an opportunity to contribute to society, to contribute to our city and provide something. In work, it's okay if it's hard. It's meant to be hard. The work does not cease to be work. On the contrary, it provides an opportunity to build something inside of you. And it can be a struggle sometimes, but it can just be an awesome experience. But at the same time, there's an opportunity for for great breakthrough when the unity of God's presence and work is discovered. I think what an opportunity, what a breakthrough when the unity of God's presence and work is discovered. And this is what we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 when Paul is talking about we pray without ceasing, right? Our prayers, our connection to God's presence reaches beyond a set time. Right? And it extends into the heart of our work. Therefore, God's presence includes the whole day, and it does not hinder your work. Rather, it promotes it, it affirms it, and it gives it meaning and joy. Colossians 3.17 says this, Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So work and God's presence achieve unity through our day. And there is not a separation between God and work. There does not have to be a separation between God and work. God's kingdom and your work are in the same place. I love that. And I highly encourage you to get your mind right to start your morning in prayer and maintain your awareness of God throughout the day. The organization of your day, the distribution of your character, the distribution of your personality, how we and, you know, engage people and how people engage, you know, you, it will be better if you start your day in the presence of God. Our jobs can be a breeding ground for bad habits, habits of gossip, of bitterness, of slander, negativity, bad attitude, self-centeredness. And I believe it's important to put your heart, mind, and soul in order before work so those temptations stand a better chance at defeat. I really believe that our strength and energy for work 
It does and it will increase when we have started our morning in prayer. God, give me strength, give me wisdom, give me favor, give me ideas, you know, freshness as I go into work today. And I believe your peers, your employees, your employers will see not only a great service and work ethic in return, but, but also see someone who reflects Christ. Because as we live connected to God's presence and to God's Holy Spirit, we carry with us peace, we carry with us patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and, and self-control, right? And who doesn't need more of that in our workday? And as the day comes to an end, as we return to our home, and you know, whether you are married, single, divorced, etc., kids, no kids, whatever, you have been able to come back home from giving a piece of God's kingdom to a community of some kind. And that is good for your heart. And that is good for your soul. Amen. So in conclusion, each day is a gift. It's an opportunity for a day with others. And together we can build each other up through the word of God, singing together, praying together, sharing a meal, and working together. And God is pleased when we are passionate about each day, ceasing the opportunities to go out and show people the goodness of God, you know, reflecting the work that Jesus has done for us. And remember, church, I just want to leave you with this. You are rich in mercy, forgiveness, and good deeds because of who your Father in heaven is. And we have the privilege each day to give to each other out of our abundance. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. Looking forward to small groups. I just want to end with prayer real quick as they get ready to go into communion.